This is Monday, November 27th. What is your level of joy? How much joy do you have? Our Advent study this year will trace the arrival of joy that comes through Jesus. There's a reason why so many of our Christmas carols center on the experience of joy. Here's that great hymn, Joy to the World. It it, puts it simply. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Now we might wonder, why was there such a burst of joy for humanity at the time of Jesus' birth? What was happening? Well, to put it simply, the coming of Jesus changes our story from one of gloom to one of hope, from one of loss, one loss after another, to one of light and life. I like the way the prophet Isaiah describes the coming of this joy. Here's our scripture text for today, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 to 6. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, God humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the the nations by way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle And every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now the place that is mentioned in this prophecy of Isaiah stood at the crossroads of the ancient world, a narrow strip of land between North Africa and Syria and parts north. As a result, armies often met for war there or were passing through there. Conflict was common. One historian reports that one of the towns there was destroyed more than two dozen times and then rebuilt again. The child talked about in this prophecy was named Hezekiah. And indeed, he was a faithful and good king. But Isaiah saw in his vision one far greater than Hezekiah. He foresaw one who would bring a lasting peace, something Hezekiah could not accomplish in his lifetime. Isaiah speaks of one who will be the prince of peace. Today, we also long for peace. Not far from Galilee, it's the focus of this prophecy, is Gaza, the site of the war that began this fall when Hamas attacked Israel. The message is clear. War continues. We human beings are not capable of creating lasting peace. Yet Isaiah talks of a day when a new light will shine. There will be greater joy than is experienced when the spoils of war 
are being divided by the warriors. On that day, the implements and uniforms that soldiers use will be burned up and destroyed forever. This is a peace that all of us long for, one that must come from outside our world, one that can come in Jesus alone. The Apostle Paul discovered this peace. Jesus confronted him and changed his heart, bringing peace to Saul, who had so much violence in his heart. Paul later explained this peace by saying, For he himself, that's Jesus, is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away, and peace to those who were near. That's Ephesians 2, verse 14 to 17. Now this peace, that is the gift that comes through Jesus, produces a deep joy in us. You could say that this peace helps restore our joy. Notice how this is not the idea of peace, but Paul has seen this peace tearing down the barriers between people, Jews and Gentiles, people of all nations. God has brought this peace through Jesus by bringing the war upon himself and settling the strife that all of us know so well. And he settled it through the cross, putting it to death through himself, through his own death. And the result is reconciliation a bringing together of people who would never be able to end the conflict between them. Their identities were so deeply rooted in their cultural heritage, they could not find a way to come together. But Jesus has saved them by giving them a new identity and forming them into a new people. This is what we experience as the people of God through Jesus, that people from every culture, every tribe, every nation— can come together, worship together, and know fellowship together through Jesus. And it is what Jesus has done that we rest in, and this stokes the fire of our joy. Let's pray. Fill us, O Father, with the joy of knowing what is ours in Christ. We rejoice in the peace that our Prince has provided. Teach us how to walk together as his people, for we pray in his name. Amen. Amen.